0: This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis.
1: Welcome to the woman behind the business talk show. I am your host, Angel Livis, and I'm so excited to introduce you to the amazing lineup of women business owners that you'll get to meet today. First up, you will meet the woman behind Proven Management. Miss Danita Conway. She has an amazing business in government contracting. So for everybody who has heard about government contracting or if you're involved and just wanna know a little bit more about how someone else got involved, you're gonna meet Miss Danita. So, Danita, you have this amazing brand and representation that you have built up um, in the government contracting sector. And I'm just so honored to be able to sit here with you because so many people are unaware of the opportunities and possibilities that exist in government contracting. What was it about that industry that made you want to get involved in it?
2: I'm going to give the answer, which most people probably won't, which is the compliance piece. So given the fact that the government is um, very strict of what they're looking for, I feel like they teach you a lot inside of doing business. I also love to be a part of things that are constantly changing, and in our political climate, and just being in the United States, everything is always changing. So being a part of the government, we're on the forefront of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think another reason why I chose government contracting is because I love the way that they treat small businesses. Mm. They are, with the Small Business Administration, they're required to pay attention to you, they're required to set aside some things. So although it doesn't make it um, guaranteed, Mm -hmm. it gives you an opportunity that doesn't necessarily exist Mm -hmm. in the commercial sector.
1: Now, talk to us a little bit about what you do in government contracting, because you are kind of like the representative of owners um, in their real estate, right?
2: Yes, exactly. So what Proven Management does is we help ownership determine Um, risk strategy planning when it comes to real estate Mm -hmm. and I'll give you a better picture so you have a building and inside of the building you want to do construction Well, you call proven management to help manage the construction well another set of it is you have a building and you want to do furniture at it Mm -hmm. you call proven management to actually interior design it and to procure the furniture for you
1: but you also do the strategy behind it right the planning of like what it's gonna look like all of that stuff right I think
2: that's the fun part about it so we do all the upfront when every everyone else comes in six months before we come in three to five years before so we're a part of is it possible does it make sense and that's the part about proof of management that's of value
1: now you guys have done the moves for different presidential candidates in and out of the white house right
2: yeah uh, <laughs> that's a story in and of itself well but tell we, share, share 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 we want to know Absolutely. <laughs> so what's nice about that contract was Honestly, can I tell you about when we first got the phone call again? Yes. Here we are, small business, minority business in Washington, woman D.C. Woman-owned. And we have been in business now for seven years, but only with employees for four. Okay. And I get a call out the blue saying, we want you to bid on being part of the presidential move planning and execution contract. I'm like, what does that mean? And why are you calling me, right? Like, what have I done? I have an oppressive resume personally. I think the company had an oppressive resume, but I didn't know that people were watching at that level. Mm. So we get the phone call. We put in a bid. Literally, we get a phone call on Monday. The bid is due on Tuesday, which in a government sector is very unheard of. Mm -hmm. So we put the bid in, and then we get the phone call on Wednesday that we got the contract. And I think I screamed from the bottom to the top, (laughs) everybody runs in like, what's wrong? Like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? And we beat out the competition. So not only did we beat out other small businesses, I think the best part about it is, is that now we knew that we could compete with the large businesses. So it was amazing. Um, Our job on that contract was really strategy. So Mm -hmm. it was about getting the personnel that are not so much in the White House, but are transitioning from in and out of the White House. Mm -hmm. It wasn't personal effects. It was making sure that the sitting presidents that are going into, so the Democrats and Republicans while Mm -hmm. they're waiting, had a place to sit. So remember, it's from the government's perspective. Uh, And it was was nice seeing, being in that environment, and again, being woman-owned and being chosen to do something that's typically been in the male-dominated side of the business.
1: What was it? Because you grew up in the DC area, I right? Did, yeah. So you kind of grew up around government contracting. I recently uh, was in Detroit and we did an event there. And it's so foreign to other cities and states. So, how would you say you were able to successfully maneuver through understanding um, the different codes, the different acronyms? Because that can be very
2: intimidating. How did you maneuver through that? it was with help. So I would love to sit here and tell you that I did it by myself, Mm -hmm. but the one thing about government contracting, again, which I understand is that everything is public. So it's not like you have to guess what the acronym means. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is be patient, you have to be due diligent, you have to talk to people, you have to go to events. They'll teach you and then everywhere go on the internet and search what does this acronym mean. It will certainly come up for you. So learning the acronyms is a big part of it because you're sitting in a meeting and they will talk around your head <laughs> and you'll go, what, did what, this, say? what that mean? <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> so growing up in the area didn't help me so much as being able to go to the event and figure out what things meant and then doing a lot of the research on my own mm-hmm. and going, what, what's this mean? Mm -hmm. What is FPDS? Mm -hmm. Well, it's Federal uh, Procurement Data System. So it was a way to go and get all the information I need. They have like a Google search on their website so Mm -hmm. you can find out a lot there.
1: So what kind of work did you do prior to owning Proven Management?
2: Oh, well, prior to Proven Management, I was a move manager. So I've had a a few careers, if you will. I started out as a marketing director. So I was a marketing director for an apartment complex in real estate. And then I went from there and I became a business analyst for HUD on the contractor side so that I can go and teach housing authorities how to collect money. And I was a certified occupancy specialist. And then I got the amazing opportunity after 9-11 to be a part of the Pentagon Renovation Program. So when I came in there, I was doing move management and change management. And what that means is I was helping people understand that they had to move. Most people don't want to move. So I didn't physically execute it. What I did was come in and say, hey, guys, it's happening. So let's embrace it. Let's find mm-hmm. the child care center around the corner so you don't feel upset about it. Let's find right. your daycare. Um, and so I, I came in and I did that. And then that was a natural transition into owning my own.
1: So what was it like, your very first multimillion-dollar contract that you won?
2: Oh, man. Surreal. It was um, rewarded, rewarding, it, it was something I think I deserved because I had worked so hard for it. But it was a lot of hard work. So the very first multi-million dollar contract came three years after being in business. And it, it, what was probably the most rewarding for me is that I now know I can do things for others. Mm. So I can hire employees. Those employees can feel good. I can treat them with some decency. Mm. I can get input, and I can make an impact.
1: Now, you mentioned doing things for others. You recently launched the Con- Conway Foundation. We
2: did.
1: And um, I love just your give back. I love how you are all about, like, I've been through so much and had to conquer so much on my own. Now I want to pay it forward. I want to help the other people who I remember what it was like being in their shoes. Um, And so you're a single mother of two adult children who are absolutely amazing and fabulous. Talk to us a little bit about what the foundation of the Conway Foundation is.
2: I would love to. It's exactly what you just said. So coming, I grew up in Washington, D.C., in Northeast Washington, D.C., to be very specific. And my mother was a widow. So although she had a lot of family around her, honestly, she raised me by herself. Mm -hmm. So when I was coming up, I knew what the sacrifices was for a single mom. I then later divorced with two daughters and I know the sacrifice of trying to build a career and asking neighbors for help and trying to figure out what to do and not sacrifice the mother that I think I've become for them, like someone they could depend on and someone they can learn from. But at the same time, I didn't want to compromise their education or anything else that you tend to compromise to try to figure out the two.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So once we figured out that formula, and I'm still working on a perfect formula <laughs> for it. I decided to pay that for it. Mm-hmm. So part of what the Conway Foundation is, is helping mentor mm-hmm. young women who want to do something with their lives and feel as though now they can't because they have a younger one or they don't know what to do or they feel guilty right. or they feel shame. You know, I want to make sure they understand that we give job training. So if anybody comes to me through the Conway Foundation and wants some um advice about credit, they want some advice about job, they want me to just look at their application for as a resume, I will do that as well. And then we also give clothes. So we'll give, um, we're having an event very soon in the month of December where we're giving back to single parents, but they have to be single and working,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so we're gonna give them clothes of our, out of our closet that are, are newly worn. We're gonna get people to come in and help and give them a boost. What can I do to be able to achieve something? Because again, I feel very unattractive as a mom because I know as a mother, I didn't focus on what myself. What do you mean unattractive? I was very unattractive as a mother. I My kids were in great things and I walked around and I looked like I didn't have a friend or a mirror. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they had a lot of love. And so I want to make other people who may be feeling that inside of themselves unintentionally mm-hmm. to understand that they have a friend mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have to be a hard journey. So the Conway Foundation is about building up that single woman legacy that I can do it too. So with
1: the legacy that you're helping others establish what does it mean to you to have that same legacy within the conway family the conway women what does it mean to pass down the work that you've done all all of the hard work that you put into building proven management how or why is it important to leave that legacy for your girls
2: because i think it was lacking in our community so Mm -hmm. as when i say community i mean community of women you know, we have now we're beginning to build companies and build things that we can pass along. Historically, it hasn't been that way. So it feels good knowing that my daughters can go. No, my mom did that. Mm. No, my mom took an opportunity and turned it into um, a valued opportunity. She worked tirelessly hard. So just the mere fact that they have someone that they can look up to and someone they can come and ask any business-related question, and I can ask that question, is a miraculous moment, not just for this side of the Conway family, but generations before me. I'm the only entrepreneur.
1: Wow. That's yeah. such an achievement. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. All right. So with all of the roles that you maintain as a CEO, a mother, a daughter, um, and girlfriend, wife, all of the different roles that you, you hold, everybody has expectations of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What are the expectations that you hold most precious to you?
2: To remain me and, and be kind, mm-hmm. I think the, the challenge is with everybody pulling at you, it's hard to be true to yourself. It's hard to remember to be kind to the person because they didn't do anything to you the mm-hmm. night before, right? They they weren't a part of whatever is bothering you. So one of the biggest things for me is just to to go back and retreat and say, I want to be as nice and as kind as I possibly can. I wanna remember that this is a as people are saying now, I think the new word is is not a it's not a race, it's a marathon. Am I mm-hmm. mess I'm probably <laughs> messing that up. But the idea is that I wanna make sure that I am um, staying to what my um, parents told me a long time ago, and that is the nicer you are to people, the nicer the people are to you.
1: Mm, that's so true. Now, before we wrap and go to our next guest and get yes. some other things yes. in the mix, um, I feel like purpose can be one of those great areas for a lot of people where they have dif- difficulties figuring out what their purpose is. Mm-hmm how did you know that you were occupying within your purpose
2: that's a really great question uh, i would tell you it was just instinct and everything came is i'm gonna say this and it's not gonna be true mm-hmm. it came easy so it was a very tough road to follow right mm-hmm. there were a lot of sleepless nights but it came easy i knew what i was doing and i watched people follow me mm-hmm. and i watched the things that i touch literally turned to a semblance of gold. It became precious. People coveted it. People valued my opinion. So when I started to take a step back, I go, this is my purpose. It just it felt really good and it didn't feel like I was ever going to work. Mm. Being a mother was one of those things that just felt good to me. It was really easy for me to make decisions. It wasn't a lot of thought to it.
1: Mm. Now that's good. So we're gonna move on, but you're gonna stay with us. Okay. And when we come back, you will hear about some PR tips from one of the most dynamic women in PR, in my opinion. Uh, So stay with us and I will introduce you to the woman behind Candace Nicole PR. Welcome back to The Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and I'm super excited to introduce you to the woman behind the dynamic brand, Candace Nicole PR. She goes by the name of Candace Nicole Mackle. Candace is an amazing, amazing PR millennial. So much so that Huffington Post named her one of the top 25 African-Americans in PR. Welcome to the show, Candace. Thank you, thank you for having me. So Candace, when I was doing my research, mm-hmm. I always like to find like little interesting facts to relate me to the people. Mm-hmm. And you grew up in Burtonsville, where I lived like my junior and senior year Wow. When I went to Howard, okay, so I thought that was just okay. so interesting. So, okay. what was it like growing up in in Burtonsville?
4: Um, I mean, Burtonsville is like the the town That's is big. yeah. <laughs> so it's like to say, oh, it was this. It was spent more time in Silver Spring, which is like throw a rock, and <laughs> right. you know, Silver Spring. Um, it was cool. I'll just say about just being in Montgomery County in that Friday Night Lights, you know, house parties and everything. So it was great. I awesome. loved, you know, all my schooling, especially high schools. Even to this day, I'm like, take me back to high school. Really? Like, for a day. You know, I would go back to high school, like, any day. People are like, really? I'm like, I loved high school.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So where did your love for PR stem from? Your so, Morgan State days? So,
4: well, yeah, so it started there. That's actually a great question because when I entered Morgan State, I actually was a photographic media major. I wanted to be a photographer. Okay. And so I wanted to be, specifically, I wanted to be a black and white photographer, and I wanted to shoot celebrities, because I knew that I wanted to be in the entertainment space, but my, I started um, photography in high school. And I said, this is great, you know, developing, this is for digital cameras. <laughs> right. I mean, we did not have a light on the camera. We had to load our film. We had to put it in a black bag, all that good stuff, um, you know, develop it on our own. And so I started off as that major However, um, as you know, you have all these prerequisites Mm -hmm. before you can actually get into the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. of your um, of your major, and it was all these drawing classes. And I'm a lover of art, but I'm not the best drawer. (laughs) And so I said, "Okay, we need to go back to the drawing board." So I went to the catalog, and I said, "Well, marketing may be cool, but then I take all these math classes. Math is not my thing." I said, who has one math class? Math 109 was communications. (laughs) And so I went there. And then with communications, they had like research, um, radio, TV, public relations, quickly researched. And I said, well, I can do that in a lot of different industries. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't pigeonhole me to to something. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it happened. And then once I started to really get involved, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm the one that... You know, I can control the narrative, and I'm the storyteller, Mm -hmm. and kind of behind the scenes, making it happen um, for the individual, and that's where the love came from.
1: And where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of identified, like, your your path to finding PR. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about the differences between PR, marketing, and a publicist, because honestly, I think a lot of people get it all confused, (laughs) and they have no idea. So...
4: So I'll start with the publicist with the name. It just depends on what you want to call yourself. Right. It's, for me, it's I'm a publicist, but I can tell people I'm a PR expert. I'm a PR specialist. I'm a PR strategist. Because all the things, you know, they intertwine into, you know, what we do.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So that just depends on what a PR professional, if you just wanna, want okay. to refer yourself as that. So it just depends on the individual. So the difference is that with uh, with PR, um, because people, they confuse and they say, well, I need marketing. And I'm like, well, you know, we do like more so PR. I mean, we can, you know, help, you help with the marketing, you, right? you know, as well. But, you know, with with PR, that is the, that's the storytelling.
3: Mm-hmm. You
4: know, that is what is going to get someone's attention, um, keep you abreast, you know, with the media and the public as well. So they are, you know, so they're well aware of what you're doing. And with marketing, that's like, that's your leads. That's going to get you... You know, the sales and what is your marketing strategy so you can sell this bar of soap?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like,
4: what are you doing? Like, what are the ads that you're getting into? What about your marketing materials? How are you going to convert that person from, you know, just being a viewer of what they see to actually a customer? Mm-hmm. And so, but PR is definitely the visibility side of it.
1: Now, throughout the years, you uh, recently celebrated your 10 year anniversary of what last year? No, two year? years ago. Okay, so two I mean, years?
4: actually, being a publicist has been 12 years. Okay. And then I've been running CNPR full time for four. Okay. So that just happened this year. It's 2019, right? Here. Yep. <laughs> in the summertime.
1: So, and through all of that, what has been your most uh, interesting event that you've had to work on? I mean, because you've worked with everybody from Spike Lee's movie to mm-hmm. Tyler Perry's uh, programming to uh, different artists. Mm-hmm. So, Hmm. I've had so many amazing campaigns,
4: um, but I will say the one that sticks out actually just happened this year is the Chevy project. Okay. And so it's with HBCU and becoming, you know, I'm a product of an HBCU, a proud graduate of HBCU. Um, when that came across and I won that contract, it was it was a big deal for me because coming from an HBCU, I'm like, man, I wish we had, you know, this, uh, this program. And so Chevy, this is their fourth, this was their fourth year. 2020, they'll be going into their fifth year. What's the program? Where Discover the Unexpected. Okay. That's the name of the program. And they created it for aspiring journalists. And of course, uh, HBCU students, they get the word out to the HBCUs. You have to apply and they choose six individuals known as like fellows. They're split up into two teams and they are interning their Oh. And they went on the road eight-week trip in the Chevrolet Bla- uh, Blazer 2019. Um, it's been away for a couple of years. Came back. I mean, it's like one of the most sexy SUVs ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. You gotta look. You gotta look it up. It looks really, really good, really swanky. And so they put the six fellows into two teams. And then one team they um, interned at the Atlanta Voice, um, Washington Informer, then Chicago Crusader. Um, And then went to the other newspapers, three other black newspapers that they went to. So it was just a really great experience and a wonderful Mm -hmm. campaign to be a part of.
1: So one of the things that um, comes with being a business owner Mm -hmm. is sometimes having to um, give up something. Um, Sometimes we can't have it all. Like Mm -hmm. it's a level of sacrifice Mm -hmm. that goes into it um and actually this will be my first time publicly saying that like i'm going through a divorce Mm -hmm. because of you have to be in a relationship with somebody who understands the struggle they Mm -hmm. understand the hustle that is willing to support you in all of the different areas of your business Mm -hmm. so this question is actually going to go to both of you how do you manage love a relationship when you want to be truthful to walking in your purpose. Mm.
4: Interesting that you say that because I actually uh, went through a breakup uh, February. And, you know, we moved down to Charlotte together. And, you know, yeah, I wasn't expecting this breakup, but it happened. And however, I learned so much more about myself when I was removed. However, it happened when I was removed out of that relationship where I realized that I was dialing, I dialed back a lot in in that relationship, um, and I was not really being myself because um, you know I'm from this area. He wasn't originally from this area, so I had already built my brand. Like when we met, I was maybe like nine years into like CNPR, like ten years, and so I already built my brand. And so people do Candace Nicole, and you know how it is um, in the DC area and. So that's where I realized that what you were saying of, you know, having an, um, a spouse who is going to support you and be there and understand, you know, exactly what it is that you're doing. Not even thinking of asking you to dial yourself back. I'm not saying that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some, you know, situations where I definitely felt that I needed to be over here mm-hmm. and, and, let him, yeah. and let him, yeah, and just let him get that shine because I already you know, had it somewhat, Um, but it's uh, definitely a challenge um, now in this dating game of what it is. It's Mm -hmm. a challenge Mm -hmm. of being a a, a business owner, woman business owner, trying to maneuver just everything, and then they don't really understand what you do. Mm -hmm. Then you don't understand really who I am, right? right? It's like, you know, you want to flex on anybody, but I need (laughs) to let you know.
1: You need to Google me. Well, you have, have to know. You know yeah. I've I sent
4: out my article of Huffington Post to a couple
1: of them. Yeah. Did you say you sent them the article? Yes. Like yes. you need to understand who I uh-huh. am.
4: Yes, and it wasn't so a <laughs> boast. It's just so so you know this is not a game of what I do. This is yeah. not a hobby or, or anything. So yeah, it's it's a
2: challenge. Now, what about you, Danita? I, I would agree. Um, I treat my men like I would a job or a contract, right? Mm -hmm. I read them and I understand what I'm looking for. So I've been lucky enough to stay true to myself only over the last two to, no, 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 six years, I've been true. Before then, it was really tough finding someone who wanted to deal with the personality of an entrepreneur and finding someone who could support me, even though they may not have the spotlight, but at the same token, look for their own spotlight. Because as I am, in order to rise with me, you got to kind of live up here, right? So if you're living down here, you're never really going to walk in my footsteps. Now, I've been lucky enough to find that person, the he behind the she. So I've been lucky enough that he stands back when he needs to, when he goes, starts his own foundations. He was the one behind the Conway Foundation. He didn't need it to be me. He said, you know what? You have a story. So you should want to tell your story. But it before him, it was absolutely I had given up on love. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to not be who I am. I don't want to have to to put away and and shine like a different star. I wanted to do that. And I wanted to have someone who understood, like, I suffer from anxiety. Mm -hmm. So things really, because I like to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So things really throw me off. So having a mate that was going to understand, it's okay. Be you. It's OK to not wear your avatar today. Mm. Let your hair down, or whatever hair you have or you don't have today, <laughs> let it down, and, and be yourself. right? And if you need to, be, when you're down, I'm going to pick you up. That's a really hard thing to find. And let of me course. say this too, it's hard to find in the area. Mm. So it's because around here, a lot of the people, when I say here, DC, because I'm from Washington, DC, they, the gentlemen, a lot of them may want us to be more in their shadows because a lot of the men right. here are very successful.
1: Right. No, that's so true. It's so true. And what I've found is that for on the relationship side, it's a conversation that we don't really have. Yeah. And we don't have it because there's not really anybody that understands what you're going through. Yes. Because I can say all day to some of my girlfriends who don't own a business that work in you know the, the, the regular world, oh, this is what I'm going through. This is the difficulties that I'm having in my relationship. Sure. You don't understand because my hustle is not your hustle. Exactly. You know, so I think that it's imperative that there is at least an opportunity for us to say, like, yo, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And even in, like, the woman behind the business, the nonprofit, we have over 700, 800 women in our organization.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think most of them are single. Wow. Or their husbands are heavily involved in helping them build their businesses, like mm-hmm. you just said. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So wow. what can be done there?
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it has, I would hate to say it, but it's the men. I think it's, I think it's the men. A That's lot of them mean. are very much intimidated. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I mean, like, you know, I am in Charlotte uh, now, but I'm spending, you know, time here and in Charlotte. You know, and Charlotte's different, you know, type of man, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes, So here, you would probably be more inclined to meet a certain type of man. Um, but in Charlotte, and it's no shade. Um, but you'll meet a more, like, blue-collar, you mm-hmm. know, gentleman. And so it's like, are they going to understand what I do? And can right. they support? You know, you are just, it's, I don't know. And so it's it's very, it's,
3: it's interesting.
2: Right, and I think they can, if I can interject. Yeah. So... For me, they can be blue collar, right? As long as they're they're at the top of their blue collar. So mm-hmm. if they're sweeping the street, they need to be the best street sweeper. Right. Then they'll get what I want. That just wasn't, the, my opinion is that just wasn't their calling for me.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: but I haven't, I wasn't lucky enough to find who I was, right? But uh, finding that person, I went through a lot of different challenges looking for mm-hmm. the person that was going to understand and think on my level, wow. mm-hmm. that was going to get it, that yeah. was going to get my anxiety, that was going to get no, I'm not going to go on a date tonight because my priority is my business. Mm-hmm. Unless your name begins with a P and I never date anybody with a P so I can say this, so <laughs> unless it begins with a P, this is my priority. Right? right? So right. it's, it, it's uh, we all say it, it's tough in the conversation. Yeah. If you ask me, how can someone, how can women start to open up this conversation? I say, stay true to, to yourselves mm-hmm. and don't let the iconism of having to have a husband directs you Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: stay true to yourself and that person will come or he won't, but either way you'll be so fulfilled that it won't matter. I became fulfilled when I let go that the only thing I needed was a perfect man. And then I had the business and the kids and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I let it go and then, and walk the door, but I wasn't looking for him anymore. Right.
1: Now, you also are the founder of the Women Who Hustle mm-hmm. Network. Women Who Hustle, yep. Talk to us a little bit about what you all do with your
4: network. So, and that just came up another, you know, idea of mine. <laughs> I was putting something up on Instagram and I put the hashtag Women Who Hustle and I'm like, what? There's something here. So I actually, when I when I first started, I had no idea. I just liked the name uh-huh. "Women Who Hustle" because I'm a woman That's who hustles, I, yeah. and I know a lot of other women who hustle, and it just continued to grow. But now it has definitely grown, gone into a space of I want to create a space where women can come in and talk about their hustle, but the woman also wants to have balance mm-hmm. in her mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. which I do believe that you can have balance. You have to want have balance in your life right, right? a lot of people say can't I don't believe in balance I mean people have whole like interviews about does balance even exist mm-hmm. yes you just mm-hmm. have to want to do it right because you have to be intentional about your balance exactly. just like Absolutely. with your boundaries Everything. someone could say you, you probably can't have boundaries oh yes you can right you have to be very intentional about it and so you know we have brunches we go on trips and so kind of you know took a rest Uh, this year but definitely coming back Mm -hmm. uh, for 2020 but that's that's the space for for women of celebrating that you know that you hustle you're on the job you're on the money you're securing several bags along the way but you also need time for yourself and so you want to create that balance
1: I love it I love it I love it all right so we've come to the time where we are about to run and do our DIY biz which is where you all are going to share some of your business tips for our women and men out there who are interested in doing some of these things that these amazing women do on your own. All right, so stay with us.
2: My top three takes for being a government contractor. One, make sure you're patient. It takes a very long time to do government contracting and to get a contract from the federal government. Two, Make sure you deliver as you promise. The government will read everything that you say to them and they will hold you to it. And three, be kind in your delivery. Remember, everybody's watching. So
4: the first thing is research. So I want to encourage individuals to make sure that you're doing the proper research when you're researching media contacts, anything that you're searching for when you're in the space of wanting to handle your own PR. It's because if you have any uh, cooking event, Just because you found Susie Smith, who works at the Washington Post, she may be like a food blogger. So she may not be very interested in what you're doing over here. So you definitely want to make sure that you're doing your research. Research, research, research. Number two, you have to be your own champion. I mean, become your own fan. Because I look at PR as it's almost like you're selling you know, as well, um, because you want to get the visibility, but you have to believe in what you are pushing to the media and to the public. So I want to encourage you to become your own number one fan. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anyone else to believe in you? The number three is patience. As you know, they say, patience is a virtue. It takes time to build a name for yourself, to build buzz behind your brand, a service that you provide. And so you just have to sometimes take a step back Be patient and it will all be worth it.
5: Causing fracture of laughter pressure building falling faster and faster if I told you that you are power want you around me would you let me go And I got you, yeah Darling, I got you
1: We've come to the point in the show where we are going to run into our Moments from the Valley. Moments from the Valley is where I will ask our amazing guests to share a time in their life that they did not know how they were going to overcome a particular situation. So they're going to share what the situation was, how they made it out of that situation, and what was waiting for them on the other side. So we're going to get started with you,
2: Miss Danita. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Uh, That's a tough question, and I'm going to say that because when you're in business, it feels like there's a lot of those moments, right? Mm -hmm. So I believe the toughest um, pit that I had in my business was learning how to overcome the sequestration in federal government contracting. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for it, so I did not have the funding. I didn't have the resources in order to be able to meet the next payroll. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very scary time. For me, And the way that I came out of it was I went and built relationships with other women um, organizations at other banks and said, hey, listen, what do I need to do? Because I'm stuck in a, in, a, in a place where I don't know how to get out of that. What can I do to get more money? What can I do to plan better? And the way that they helped me, they didn't necessarily help me get out of it with money at that point, but they were able to teach me something. Mm -hmm. And the teaching that they taught me was that you always have to be prepared for the unexpected. Mm -hmm. If you think that things are going to come the way they are and nothing's ever going to rock you, you're always going to have this fail point. Mm -hmm. From that, I learned a lot. So now I stay on top of what's going on around me. I make sure that I'm not overspending in the company because that's the one thing that we always want to do when we start Mm -hmm. to make money. We start to put money in places that we probably should keep back and don't reinvest in our business. And I also learn to have conversations with the financial advisors, which most of us don't want to do because we want to look at the money that we have and figure it's enough. Right.
1: No, absolutely. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, Candace. and it doesn't have to just be business because yeah. I mean we're we're all aspects of it. So go ahead, go with your life one, girl. So, no,
4: because you know very much as a solo you know solopreneur now I do have teams, you know, a team, contractors, you know, interns. Mm-hmm. But you're still kind of like this solopreneur, yeah. like it's you that they you know that they want to hire. So definitely, you know, Valley has been um, defs. Dealing with death, and so my first—this was in 2016. My uncle Jules, and um, he's an artist, and he he died, and that was like my first time dealing with death. Being a full-time entrepreneur, mm. right? So I didn't know what to do. I I couldn't call, you know, my boss and say I need to put in for bereavement. Um, yes, I had clients like, oh, "I'm so sorry about it. Let me know if you need anything." But then, like, hey, have you heard back from Good Day DC or whoever? You know what I mean? And so that definitely was, like, a challenge for me because um, we were very close. And he was a creative. I was creative. He was an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur. And he made me feel like, you know, I could go left because it felt right, Mm -hmm. you know, to me. And so when he was, you know, removed, I mean, I was working from bed. I was get up. Use the bathroom. Do I have to do, go back in bed? My laptop was on the side of the bed. I mean, and that went on for like two weeks. Like I was dealing with depression, but still having to operate Show my business. Because hello, you have rent. You have your cell phone bill, um, your car note, insurance, you name it. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a challenge. But I definitely got to the point where, you know, I had to shake my own self up and say, girl, this is... This is yeah. how you make your money. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need to keep your clients happy. This is how you have this roof over your head, head. You live where you live. You need to get out of it. Right. And so that's that's just what I had, had to do. But it's been several times where that has happened and where I would just want to lay out and just have two weeks to myself. It just does not exist. Yeah. It does mm-hmm. not exist. And mm-hmm. so that would just teach me along the way of the importance of having a team and starting to put some things in place so I could start creating that team mm. because, you know, now I can, you know, contact Shawnee. Yeah. I'm off the grid. I just, <laughs> I need some time to myself, need a mental break. Yeah. Anyone needs anything, you know, they can come to you or whatever, but yeah, that definitely was a moment.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um Part of the reason why we have this segment is that I think, a lot of times, it can be easily misconstrued that life is easy, yeah. and that you know you've made it to a certain level, but not necessarily understanding the journey that you've had to track to get to that level, mm-hmm. and the obstacles that you've had to overcome. So, I truly appreciate you yeah, sharing, and for that. entrepreneurs. Oh,
4: yeah. I promise you, everyone thinks that we just have this lavish life.
1: Yep. And it's La
4: Vida, live in La Vita Loco all the time. And I'm like, y'all don't know. Right. Y'all it takes know. a lot to
2: look like this, right? And what? We're not even no, talk, really. Just in together. <laughs> it's a lot. I like, y'all have it, no it, idea what's going on yeah, in the back end.
4: No, yeah. I have no idea. You know, emails sitting there that I need to follow up. And I mean, it's so much that goes that people have no
1: idea. And I, I will say this to, to close this out. Like, social media especially, has aided in Mm. the lack of understanding that people really have. Yeah, Because we can this, we can shoot this. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, in a few minutes, as soon as we're done, I got to go get kids from school, got to go home, cook dinner. And the reality of really what our lives are like, yes, this is a segment of it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people just see the snapshot that gets posted right and they just think oh mm-hmm. that life is just so amazing oh they're good no baby mm-hmm. let me tell you there's a journey mm-hmm. to this so mm-hmm. again thank you for being authentic and being willing to share Absolutely. one of your uh, vulnerable moments that yes. you've had to go through all right thank you all so much for joining us can we get some social media information so people can follow you yes yes so on
4: all platforms at Candice Nicole BR, it's Candice with an I
1: Okay, awesome. And
2: I'm at the Danita Conway. Awesome.
1: Thank you, ladies, so much for being our guest. It has truly been a pleasure. And I'm sure that we will have you back because y'all are just that fabulous. <laughs> right. Thank you. I love you. it. And to you at home, you can check out our show every week on WBBTalk.com. And we look forward to you following us on social media at WBBTalk. Until next time, stay blessed.
6: Won't go astray, won't be afraid, won't catch me running.
7: could turn on the radio in Washington, D.C. and be in the know, in the flow, and up-to-date on all that makes the district great. D.C. Radio 96.3 HD4. Get ready for D.C. Radio on 96.3 HD4, where the city comes alive. We'll be playing music featuring D.C. area artists, all the interviews with people who make a difference in the district, entertainment, news, local artists, your connection to everything Washington, D.C., From Washington, D.C. and for Washington, D.C. All the majesty, diversity, vibrancy, and culture of D.C. On the air 24-7, 365. Our people. From our monuments to our neighborhoods. All eight wards. We'll be highlighting what the mayor is doing and what's going on in city council. We'll be reaching out to seniors and the youth. That's what D.C. is all about. From D.C. From D.C. For D.C. 4DC. 4DC, DC Radio 96.3 HD4, Washington.